the SND Podcast channel, the perfect channel for any style of podcast. We have all different pop culture style podcasts for all of your listening needs. If you would like to start a podcast, you can reach us at sndpodcast at gmail.com. We are always looking for new podcasts to add to our channel, and the topic could be anything you want. So contact us now. everybody welcome to this edition of the jay's weekend wrestling podcast i am your host i am jay back at you bringing you all the hits and misses when it comes to professional wrestling this is episode number 47 and this is a very special episode the reason this is a very special episode in my mind (laughs) and hopefully in your minds as well is because this is not your regular old jay's weekend wrestling podcast this isn't going to be Oh, this is what's happening this week. This is what's going on right now. No, this is a tribute show. This is a tribute show to the late, great Owen Hart. And, um, you know, it's the 21st anniversary of the death of Owen Hart, um, who tragically passed away uh, in 1999 in the Kemper Arena in Kansas City, Missouri, at the Over the Edge pay-per-view WWE put out back then. Um, Now... What what I had originally planned for this show, and uh, it didn't exactly work out, but <laughs> we still got a good show. Um, I, my original plan for this was to have multiple guests, um, different segments, and splice it all into one big show. No pun intended, Paul White. But um, <laughs> but um, it, it didn't really go the way I planned it out. Um, but I do have one guest that I did talk to and that I did have a a segment with um, a good friend of mine, Dan Behan, who is the co-host of the S&D podcast. And uh, we had about a good 35 to 40 minute talk. Um, so you're still, you know, with me giving this intro, which in this intro is going to be a little longer because I'm going to give my um, thoughts and memories of Owen Hart and uh, talk about the documentary as well. Um, the Dark Side of the Ring docuseries, which ended its second season with the life and the life and death of Owen Hart, and um, I'm gonna give probably a quick 15, 20 minutes. Nothing, nothing crazy, nothing over the top. Um, but I'm gonna give my thoughts and memories, and then that'll splice into the 40 minute conversation I have with with Dan. Um, so you're still gonna get a, a good show. You're still gonna get lots of content, lots of good content. And um, I'm very happy about it. Uh, I just wanted to do something different, and I wanted to do something special. Um, with 21st Anniversary, the Dark Side of the Ring, and all the things I've been hearing, and plus the the podcast that Martha Hart did on Talk is Jericho, uh, I, I just figured, let me just do this. Let me just try it out, see how it comes out. Hopefully it's good. <laughs> Hopefully everybody thinks it's good. Um, and, uh, yeah, let's just go for the ride, man. So uh, my first memories of the late great Owen Hart. Um, I was a young child, of course, and um, I want to say my first memory of Owen Hart was he was in a tag team called High Energy, and that was in the early 90s. I want to say 92 into 93. Um, It was Owen Hart and Coco Beware, 
as a makeshift put-together tag team. Now, I didn't figure this out until later on because as my videotape slash DVD collection grew before, this was pre-WWE Network, of course, um, <laughs> I came across some pay-per-views from probably the 1990 into 1991, and Owen Hart was in a tag team with Jim the Anvil Neidhart, who was obviously the longtime tag team partner of Big Brother Brett the Hitman Hart in the original Hart Foundation. So apparently him and Anvil were in a tag team called the New Foundation, and he pretty much had the same style of uh, garb that he had with Coco Beware. They had some big MC Hammer style pants with like some checkerboard on them, kind of like uh, you know NASCAR type outfit, kind of like similar to what maybe Bob Holly would wear later on, just not with such big pants. But um, <laughs> but um, yeah, my first memories of Owen Hart was obviously I knew he was the younger brother of Bret Hart, but he was in the, that tag team with Coco. And then as the time went on, I guess Coco Beware time in the WWE had ended and uh, Owen Hart ended up teaming with his brother at some point. I, I remember when Brett was feuding with Razor Ramon for the WWF title and they had that match at the Royal Rumble. Um, and the build up to that match was uh, Razor Ramon attacked Owen Hart and um, they used Owen as kind of fodder for uh, the Bret Hart Scott Hall feud at the time. But um, Owen Hart to me you know, and then it led into the infamous feud with Brett and his brother Owen, and uh, and and Owen, um, and you'll hear it all, and you'll hear a lot about that match, um, in my conversation with Dan. So I'm not going to get too much into it because you'll hear it later. But uh, they had an amazing lead up into the WrestleMania 10 match, um, uh, Royal Rumble '94. They teamed up against the Quebecers for the WWE Tag Team Championship. And uh, they ended up losing because Brett was trying to be the hero and, and uh, fighting off an injury, trying to win the match instead of tagging in Owen. Owen got pissed off and kicked Brett right in his injured leg. And then he had that infamous promo where he said, I'll kick your, I kicked your leg out of your leg. <laughs> but, um, y you know, you can't really blame Owen Hart too much for that promo. He kind of lost himself. But, um, but Owen, to me, I'd say as an overall package, I still put Brett above him, but but I say in ring, Owen Hart, I think, is a level above Brett. And here's the reason why. He can tell a good story. Um, so can Brett. Yeah, obviously, Brett's a legend. I'm not going to take anything from Brett. But I feel Owen could do it all. He could do the high-flying lucha-type style. He can do the technical style. He can brawl. He, he had the total package in terms of everything you would want and a professional wrestler in that ring. Um, and, and being the youngest uh, of the Hart children possessed, like I said, a lot of tools that the other brothers didn't really have. Yeah, Bret Hart came off of the middle rope with an elbow and stuff like that, but Bret Hart didn't really do aerial tactics. Yeah, he'll fly through a tope through the, the middle rope, but he didn't do moonsaults. Owen Hart used to do flips and, and dives and all sorts of stuff. Owen, like I said, had the total package inside the ring um so going back to owen's career for from my memory standpoint um so he had the match with brett at wrestlemania uh, the match that a lot of people do not talk about is the SummerSlam match inside the steel cage for the wwe championship because owen went on to win a, win the king of the ring in 1994 with help from jim the anvil Nightheart. and then back then if you won the king of the ring tournament you were automatically 
the number one contender for the WWE title. Um, they haven't done that in a long time, and even the previous Kings of the Rings, they didn't get that main event push right after winning that tournament. Back in the day, if you won the King of the Ring, you were getting a shot at the champ. So Owen and Brett met at SummerSlam 94 in the steel cage. Now, a lot of people remember that SummerSlam for the two Undertakers, for uh, <laughs> Mark Calloway, who once again, um, and you'll hear it later on, but if, uh, eventually I will do a show um, when the last da- last ride uh, docuseries for The Undertaker has ended. I will do a show on that because that's just that's been an amazing docuseries so far that the WWE has put out. And, um, and Dan wanted to do that with me. And when that's over, Dan and I will get together and we'll talk about the last, uh, the last ride. Um, not to get confused with the last dance for Michael Jordan <laughs> that, uh, that Izzy and I, my boy Izzy and I want to, want to discuss that. So hopefully we'll get a chance to do that as well. Um, so back to Owen. Uh, so yeah, he wins the King of the Ring and him and Brett have a great cage match. I mean, him and Brett just have amazing matches, um, so in the cage match, you have Owen with uh, Jim the Anvil Neidhart in his corner, and Bret Hart has the returning Davy Boy Smith, the British Bulldog, in his corner. So it was a family affair, man. It, 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 you had Davy Boy and Jim climbing up the cages as Bret and Owen was up there and all that. So uh, Bret def- retains the title. And um, WWF back then had this thing where they would do title matches on, like, Wrestling Challenge or, or Superstars or, uh, like, house shows that they – to um, tape like you don't you don't really see house shows now that they actually record, but a lot of house shows back then they recorded like the MSG shows and stuff like that. So Brett and Owen had a match, had a lumberjack match, and um, with the help of Jim Neidhart, Owen actually won the WWE championship. <laughs> but um, they immediately and they actually you hear Howard Finkel and new WWF champion. The Rocket, Owen Hart, and he holds the belt. He actually held the belt, and all the heels picked him up, and they were celebrating. But what they didn't show is that uh, a couple of minutes after that, they restarted the match, and Brett won. <laughs> so technically, in the in the history books, Owen Hart has never been WWE champion. He's won every single other belt. It was similar to what they did with uh, Mar- Marty Jannetty and Shawn Michaels when uh, they defeated the Hart Foundation for the tag team titles. They did it on a house show that was televised, I want to say, like a wrestling challenge as well. And um, apparently, according to Brett, the match was so bad. Like, the ring broke, the ropes broke. <laughs> like, <laughs> the match was so bad, they 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 took it off the record books and acted like the match just didn't exist, and it just never happened. So, if you look at the record books, the Rockers, Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty, as great as they were as a tag team and as much success they had in WWE before they broke them up, and feuded them, they, uh, in the history books, have never won the WWE tag team titles. <laughs> so the, the WWF back then did that a lot, and uh, they did it with Owen and Brett. They teased uh, Owen Hart winning the WWF title back in 94. And I say, they, even if it was going to be a transitional championship reign, why not put the belt on Owen back then? He was a super hot heel. Um, he was feuding with Brett. Even if you give it right back to Brett at the next show, or, or have Owen... I think that was before the cage match as well. So you should have just had Owen walk into SummerSlam as the WWE champ and have Brett get the belt back then. Well, I mean, what, what would have hurt to give Owen the belt then? He was super, like I said, a super hot heel at the time. But um, it, it, is, it went the way it went. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, after the feud with Brett, 
joined up, I want to say, with Camp Cornette, which is a, a gang that Jim Cornette put together of Owen Hart, the British Bulldog, uh, Yokozuna, and I want to say Crush. Um, him, Mr. Fuji, they put together a crew. Um, and then down the road, he, uh, I want to say him and Bulldog just was doing their own thing with Clarence Mason, who was also double dipping, going back and forth between the Nation of Domination and, and, and managing Owen Hart and Davy Boy Smith. And then Owen and the Bulldog got into, they were both in the European title tournament. Um, a U- the European championship was a belt that they had back in the day in WWE, I want to say in the 70s and the 80s. And then it got defunct for years and years and years until they brought it back in 1996 or 97. So um, Davey Boy and Owen got into a little mini feud after that. And in the middle of them beating each other up senseless, Bret Hart, who was turning heel at the time, in every, (laughs) I want to say, turning heel in only America because he was a hero in Canada and a lot of other countries but this was the formation of the New Heart Foundation. So Brett would come out, you know, he would talk them both to stop beating each other up, and they all hugged in the ring and cried, and the New Heart Foundation was born. It was Brett, Owen, Davy Boy, uh, Jim the Anvil, Neidhart, and, and the Loose Cannon, Brian Pillman. And they had an amazing run, which, you know, I, I put the Heart Foundation heat that they had up against the NWO heat at that time, and it, I'd say it was up there. Uh, either on par or maybe better because it was underrated, man. Br- the Hart Foundation in 97 was an underrated crew, feuding with the Nation of Domination, feuding with the Generation X that was forming back then as well, um, feuding with Stone Cold Steve Austin, feuding with all of America. <laughs> Fe- they And then which led into the Canadian Stampede, and then you had the feud with Owen and Steve Austin where Owen broke S- Stone Cold's neck at SummerSlam and, uh, you know, with the tombstone, with the inverted tombstone, and, um, you know, then he got got the T-shirt, Owen 316 says, I just broke your neck. And, like, Owen Hart was a big deal in the Attitude Era back then. He was a solid heel that can work, that can work rings around almost all of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, uh, and once I get into the Dark Side of the Ring documentary, which will be pretty soon, um, because, unfortunately, we're getting near to the end of, Owen Hart's life, unfortunately, within the next two years, he's he's already taken from us. So, and, and after the Montreal screw job um, happened a few months later, uh, Brett is out of WWE. The British Bulldog is out of WWE. Um, Jim the Anvil Neidhart is out of WWE. So all you have left is Owen. Brian Pillman has sadly passed away a couple, maybe a month or two earlier, and then Owen Hart. You know, and, and there's conflicting stories out there because not only with the Dark Side of the Ring documentary, not only with all the podcasts and all the news stories that we've heard and all the shoot interviews, I also own the 10-year anniversary DVD set of um, Wrestling with Shadows, that Bret Hart documentary that uh, Paul Jay put together. And not only did he do the documentary on Bret Hart, but he also did a documentary on Owen back then. And um, it was called the Life and Death of Owen Hart, and you got that comp- you got that DVD along with the Bret Hart DVD, which made it a bit of a collector's item, I guess. I found it while I was still living in New York. I want to say about a good, 
I've had this DVD probably 10, 11 years. I've been with my wife for about 10 years, and I think we were already together when I bought it. So I've had this DVD for about a decade already. And um, it was the 10-year anniversary of Wrestling With Shadows, and it came with the life and death of Owen Hart. And in that documentary, I forgot who said it. I haven't seen it in about maybe five years. i got to check it out again. I probably should have before I did this podcast, but I have a good memory. <laughs> so it is what it is. Um, somebody said that Owen wanted to get out of his contract. It could have been Brett. I, I want to say it was probably Brett. But Vince didn't want to let him out of his deal. He wanted to go to WCW as well. But then later on, you hear Brett telling Owen, you know, make that money. You know, they're offering you this money. You might as well stay there because what are they going to do with you in WCW? You know, and Owen just... I think Owen just wanted out of the business for the most part. He was disenfranchised with the business and he just wanted to, you know, make enough money to be with his family, just retire young and be with his family. Um, so Owen's uh, Owen ends up staying and becomes the Blackheart, becomes the sole survivor. And he is going to feud with Shawn Michaels because Shawn is the one that ran his whole family out of town. And he Generation X is this new hot faction and, and Owen's going to feud with Shawn. That feud never really happened. <laughs> He's, I think he had maybe one or two matches with Sean, and then they ended up feuding Owen Hart with Triple H for, I want to say, the European Championship at the time. So, I mean, they, they kind of teased that main event push for Owen, but I don't think they really see o saw Owen at the time as heavyweight championship material, which I think that's another missed opportunity considering – once again, even if it's just a transitional reign, let Owen beat Sean. It'll be shocking. No one would have really expected it. And it'll be vindication for the Hart family. Even if he loses the belt the next pay-per-view, he'll have that moment. So that's two opportunities in Owen's career that they could have gave him the belt, even if it's just a short reign. I mean, if you look at a bunch of legends, they've had short title reigns. And I always bring up The Undertaker. The Undertaker's never had a long title reign. If you want to go throughout his history, he's never had one reign that was that long. You look at guys like CM Punk who had the belt for over, what, a year? You know, a lot of guys, they've had that championship for over a year. Taker has never had a long reign, ever. I'd say a few a couple months each. <laughs> so, you know, what what what's the harm in letting a guy like Owen Hart be your champion? Especially in those two different time periods that he was white hot in his career. So then you come a time where he ends up in the nation of domination out of nowhere. <laughs> I don't understand it. I never did. I think it's just uh, they ran out of – they started running out of ideas for, for Owen because – like, like you're going to hear in the conversation with Dan, this is the Attitude Era. And like you've s heard or seen, if you see the dark side of the ring, this was a time where wrestlers were supposed to be actors. And this was uh, nothing but a soap opera. But Owen Hart was groomed and grew in the business just being a pro wrestler. So here's a great pro wrestler that you have no ideas for because he's not an actor. He's not, you know, all this and that. So he's in the Nation of Domination for a little while. Um, then later on, he gets into a makeshift, put-together tag team with Jeff Jarrett. And they were a great tag team together. And they had Deborah McMichael in their corner. 
these are two good, very, very good professional wrestlers put into a tag team, and they did a great job. Um, unfortunately, they wanted to do some racy storylines where they wanted Owen to have a love triangle with Jeff and Deborah. They wanted it to be like Owen was jealous and wanted some of Deborah McMichael, and Owen just wasn't having it. He was a family man, and he was a good man, and said no to every single racy storyline that they wanted to give him. <coughs> Excuse me. And, um, you know, so as almost as a punishment for continuing to say no to every storyline they wanted, they put Owen Hart in his original character that he had in WWF back in the late 80s under a mask known as the Blue Blazer. Now, the Blue Blazer was a superhero and a comedy character, and Owen was like, you know what? I'll take it because I'm not going to be in any racy storylines. I'm not going to disrespect my wife and, and make my family look bad and make me look bad or whatever. You could put me in this comedy character all you want and make fun of me all you want, but at least I'll be doing something honest. And that's the way he felt. And um, he was scheduled at the Over the Edge pay-per-view to have a match for the Intercontinental title against the Godfather, which I heard the Blue Blazer was supposed to win that night, um, if I remember correctly. And, uh, no, they they wanted to make fun of Sting in WCW because he constantly, numerous times, came down from the rafters, uh, you know, on the, what do you call that? Uh, on the, I forget what it is, the rigging. There we go, the rigging. And, um... And he did it so many times that they figured, you know, we're going to do what he does and you're going to get into the ring and you're going to trip and, and everybody's going to laugh at you because you're a big old putz and cl clumsy and a clown and all that other stuff. <sighs> and, and apparently they rehearsed it throughout the day, rehearsed it a bunch of times, and everything was cool. In the other documentary that I have, The Life and Death of Owen Hart, uh, they say he was afraid of heights. But the thing is, he was also afraid to keep saying no because he thought if he kept saying no, he was going to get punished somehow or get fired or, you know, anything. So he agreed reluctantly to do this. And um, they had a safety clip to hold Owen that um, it takes all of six pounds of pressure to unlock. And you put this to hold a 240-pound man at the time recipe for disaster, man. And apparently from the Dark Side of the Ring documentary, Martha Hart, who still has the clip, which shocked the hell out of me. I mean, may, I guess not so much because, you know, she kept all the evidence and everything from all the court cases and stuff. But, um, you know, apparently somehow his safety clip, the safety clip uh, got accidentally opened and fell 80 feet down to the ring and 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 you know took and took him from us and it's a shame and it shouldn't have happened. It's a shame and it shouldn't have happened. It it, it was unnecessary and um, this was all just for a spoof and for a laugh and it ended up taking one of the greatest pro wrestling superstars ever away and just like and and, and I might as well just jump right into the dark side of the ring docu series uh, series finale right now. Um, and 
I, I kind of went into this docuseries uh, finale as um, like pretty much with the attitude of I pretty much know everything and I know what happened and, you know, I mean, but I, I'm still going to watch, but I'm going to see if there's anything that I could have missed throughout all the years of hearing things and shoot interviews and, and all sorts of other information things that I've gotten throughout the years. Um, but it was, it was good to see Oj, uh, and Athena, um, Owen's kids. I haven't seen those kids since they were little. I think the last time I saw them was probably the, the Canadian stampede in your house pay-per-view that WWE put out that the whole Hart family was in the ring after the, the eight man tag with the Hart foundation against the, the road warriors, Steve Austin and Ken Shamrock and gold dust. Um, so it was five on five. Sorry. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it was good to hear from them. And, and I was one of the ones that was kind of on the fence in terms of Martha Hart, not letting Owen be in, inducted into the WWE hall of fame. And after seeing the dark side of the ring documentary, I, I, I think I'm more on her side on this and, and you'll hear, uh, in the conversation I have with Dan uh, about about Martha and 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 like I said I was more on the fence I was more on kind of like the side of she's ruining his legacy and all this other stuff but you gotta think man and 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 you gotta think why would you want the same company who took your husband away and took your father of your children away? Why would you want them to benefit and profit off of him anymore? Because, I mean, they still have a bunch of footage of Owen on the WWE Network with all his matches. It's not like a Chris Benoit situation where he's been erased from wrestling history. But um, they, you know, she she does his memory good with the Owen Hart Foundation that they have, um, where they support, like, you know, hospitals and, and they and – they help children and they raise money and fundraisers and all this other stuff. They she does a lot of good with the Owen Hart Foundation and um she does his name right. And don't get it twisted. Owen is in other pro wrestling hall of fames. Um and and she she had a plaque with his name on it and picture to prove it. Um so just cuz he's not in the WWE Hall of Fame doesn't mean he hasn't been recognized by the pro wrestling industry. Um and honestly, he's never going to be in the WWE Hall of Fame, ever. Because you can hear from the, the children and Martha, like, they're all on the same page in terms of not letting the WWE get him in there. Um, so, uh, you know, I mean, it's a shame that we're never going to see that, but... You know, I understand more now, more than ever, more than I did before, and I and I'm truly on Martha's side on that. And you know, uh, the dark side of the ring. If you guys haven't seen it, the series finale about Owen Hart, it was a good one. I think it's probably one of my favorites. It was hard to see, <laughs> you know, with uh, Martha and the kids uh, saying they actually went up the catwalk that Owen was on, um, and uh, you know. Showing her and uh, when Brett took her to the to the funeral parlor to to see him and the, it was just rough to see the actual like them kind of showing feathers come down after he fell and 
how they went on with the show and all that stuff, but you'll hear all the opinions and stuff like that on the docuseries and the conversation with me and Dan. Uh, I just want to go over it just really, really quick because you're going to hear it. And uh, so final memories of Owen Hart, honestly, for me, he's done a lot. He wrestled in Japan. Him, I believe him and Bam Bam Bigelow were the IWGP Tag Team Champions. He held multiple, multiple titles all over the world. WWE European Champion, Intercontinental Champion, Tag Team Champion on multiple occasions. He was Tag Team Champs with Yokozuna. He was Tag Team Champs with um, with British Bulldog. He was Tag Team Champs with The Rock. Uh, a lot of people don't remember that. He was Tag Team Champions with Jeff Jarrett. Um, he was just... Had every single championship except the WWE title, and in my opinion, on two different occasions, he could have had that title. Um, uh, Owen, you know, and Jer- like Jericho said, he could have wrestled a multitude of different guys if he didn't pass away. He could have wrestled Eddie Guerrero, he could have wrestled Benoit, Malenko, Perry Saturn, um, Jericho himself. Um, he mentioned a couple of guys like Angle, and, and if you really look for it. Because I found it on YouTube. He actually had, uh, well, no. He actually had a match with Kurt Angle. It was a dark match. Um, I don't know if it was televised. Hopefully somebody out there could find that footage because that would have been dope. But he did wrestle Edge on a number of occasions. Um, but Edge was young. It wasn't the rated R superstar that we know and love. Um, but, <laughs> but, you know, uh, uh, Owen Hart was one of the greatest and it is very, very unfortunate. I think, like I said before, besides the Bruiser Brody murder, is probably the darkest day in wrestling history. I think it's also the darkest day in WWE history. The Benoit tragedy is another one. Um, but what happened to Owen shouldn't have happened, and he should still be around today. I mean, it, it's tragic because a lot of wrestlers out there, and I'm a big fan my whole life. I love the wrestling industry. But a lot of the wrestlers out there have suffered through rough times with drug abuse, alcohol abuse, uh, steroid abuse, the hard travel. You know, it, it, it's a rough go for a lot of the guys. Um, but Owen wasn't a drug user. Owen wasn't an alcoholic. Owen was none of that. He wasn't even a ster- he wasn't a steroid user. You know what I mean, he was just a family. He was just an athlete who was born and bred for that business, whether he wanted it or not. And, you know, was just a family man that wanted to make enough money to retire young and just be with his wife and kids. And they was taken away for a dumb ass wrestling angle that shouldn't have happened. So, <clears throat> you know, I highly doubt this is going to get to to the ears of Martha Harder and her children. But if it does, just want to let her know she's done a great job with the Owen Hart Foundation. She's doing a wonderful job keeping his name alive and his spirit alive, and just know Owen is missed by his fans all over the world, and, uh, you know, to her, she's done a fantastic job with those kids, because, like, when you see in the documentary, her son is a lawyer, her daughter's going to be, like, a journalist, so she's done a fantastic job, and she became a doctor also, so, you know, she's just done an amazing job, and as a fan commend you and uh we miss owen we loved owen and uh it just it just didn't need to happen and wish he was still here so bret hart is one of my favorites of all time but uh honestly i i i would put owen over bret 
<laughs> um, just my opinion. But, um, you know, God bless the uh, Hart family. I know they've suffered a lot of tragedy over the years with a lot of the guys passing away. Um, but, you know, maybe one day we'll do a tribute show for the British Bulldog. Or I'll, maybe I'll put that together at some point. Jim the Animal Nightheart and just, you know, the family. <laughs> so, once again, this was my... My long intro, <laughs> that were my my memories and uh, tribute for Owen Hart. In the next segment in this episode, you hear my conversation with Dan Behan of the SME Podcast. And once again, I hope you guys enjoy the episode and catch y'all next time with episode forty eight. Peace. Catch y'all later. SME Podcast channel could be listened to on all podcast platforms, including iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course, SNDblog.com. We could also be found on all of the social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Don't forget, since you love our show so much, make sure to rate, review, and of course, share with all your family and friends. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to this special, special episode of the Jay's Weekend Wrestling Podcast. And once again, like I said in my intro, this is a very special show for the mere fact that, you know, I I, I was thinking of just doing a regular old Jay's Weekend Wrestling and just talk what's happening now and all that stuff. But I decided to do something a little bit different. Seeing as how the latest episode of Dark Side of the Ring came out and it was talking about the life and death of Owen Hart. And I noticed, timing-wise, within the next few days, it will be the 21st anniversary of that crazy night in Kansas City, Missouri, in the Kemper Arena, where we lost one of the greatest of all time. And um, and like I said, this show is going to be a little bit different. I'm going to be bringing on different friends of mine, different guests on to, for them to give their opinions and, and memories of Owen Hart. And the first guest I have on the show is my man, my brother from another mother, and the co-host of the SD Podcast that you can find on the SD Podcast channel. Cheap plug, I know. It's all good. Uh, <laughs> my man, Dan Behan. Dan, what's up, brother? What's Welcome up? to the show. What's going on? How's it going? Thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, it's crazy that Owen Hart's 21-year anniversary of his unfortunate passing um, is coming up on the 23rd. Um, yeah. We're recording this on the Friday the 22nd, so when you're listening to it, it's either already happened or on the date. So, yeah, it's very crazy that 21 years ago I was in it, in it waiting to go into my middle school that that Monday morning, finding out that Owen Hart has passed away because yeah. I'm like I don't know about you, Jay. I didn't I didn't really have that burner box, uh, that illegal box like a lot of people had back in the day, but yeah. I didn't really have that, and I did not buy. My parents didn't let me buy every single pay per view, so I would only really get the I would really only get the big pay per view events, or if there was a like a huge main event in a given random pay-per-view 
I so that was one of the main that was one of the pay per views I did not buy. So I did not click into Wrestling Zone. Remember when Wrestling Zone was a thing? Oh yeah, Wrestling yeah. Zone. I, I didn't get the, <laughs> I didn't get to click Wrestling Zone the morning before morning before going to school. So I have no idea what was going on. I had no idea what happened. And then the kids were starting to trickle in who were watching the pay-per-views and everything like that. And they're like, Owen Hart died and he fell through, uh, he fell off the, the, uh, the catwalk and all that other crazy stuff. So crazy to think 21 years ago, remembering where I was, I could tell you where I was in my middle school, like in the schoolyard waiting to go into school. And they're just like, wow. That's, that's, that's actually that's actually a perfect description of what I was doing because uh, I'm 33 years old. You're a little bit younger than I am. Yeah, I'm not 32. That much, I'm, I'm a year. Yeah, yeah exactly. Look at that. <laughs> so I, being 13 at the time or 12 or whatever age I was, I was. I remember my dad had woke me up that morning to get ready for school. And it's funny that you mentioned the burner box because. I didn't have one, but at the time, my father's girlfriend did. So she recorded every single pay-per-view for me um, like throughout the year of like 99 and 2000. So somewhere in my garage, I have maybe 24 tapes of each pay-per-view from 99 and 2000 that you could just stream on the network. So whatever. But still, not the case. Um, <laughs> so I remember my dad waking me up, and every weekend – the next weekend that I would go to his house, there's always a tape there waiting for me with the pay-per-view. So obviously, like you said, this isn't one of the like big four. This isn't Mania, SummerSlam, Survivor Series, you know, whatever the case. This was an in-your-house that they used to do every month back when they started doing a pay-per-view every month for 12 months, and they didn't have all the gimmick pay-per-views like they did. In the cell, elimination chamber, all this other stuff. It was all in your house, blah blah blah. So this was in your house over the edge, and um, and yeah, I remember going to school, eighth grade, getting online. So that means I was, and all the kids talking about it. Yeah, I I, I didn't want to say the exact grade then, so I was in seventh then. I didn't remember the grade. I knew I was in middle school, but yeah, so I was in seventh. So it is crazy. Twenty-one years since that. That happened. Now, before we get into the whole Dark Side of the Ring docu docu series that's out there and all this other stuff, I just want to rewind time with you. Like, what is your first memory of Owen Hart? With well, with 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 me with Owen Hart, it was simply the fact that he was Brett's younger brother, who was a very solid wrestler, but for whatever reason, they didn't give him a push that he deserved until WrestleMania 10 when he did beat Brett for the Intercontinental yeah. title. And that was arguably one of the one of the greatest matches I have personally ever saw. Just it was a classic wrestling match, brother versus brother, and just the simple things with that. And he would get his pushes, but he also wouldn't get the pushes. Yeah, like the best mm-hmm. way I would put it, he would be like the Daniel Bryan before Daniel Bryan like became Yes, 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 Daniel Bryan. Like, yeah. the pre-WrestleMania 30 Daniel Bryan. And, like, that would probably be the best example of everything with Owen Hart. He would get his pushes to a certain point, and for whatever reason, the backstage not liking his charisma or or someone with more charisma comes showing through, and they'll give him a push. I, I did yeah. like 
I, I loved when he was uh, his uh, get, uh, Slammy's gimmick. That was always great. Yeah, that was cool. Mm-hmm. That was one of the, like, that's really what I remember of Owen Hart and the Black Heart stuff and the Blue Blazer, unfortunately, his last character back again with Owen. And then him being the Hart Foundation part two. It was just like, what if, like they mentioned in the documentary, I don't know if you want to get into that part of it, but like, sure. Like, like yeah, with, we can go back and forth, yeah. With, like, what... Because Jericho did a wonderful job of hosting that show. And, yeah. like, the what-if game of if he survived that fall or didn't even have to do that fall, the influx of guys that were basically Owen Hart's skill talent and yeah. the white class came into the WWE right around that time period after he passed away. Like Eddie, uh, Rey Mysterio, Jericho, just to name a few guys that, like, wow, we would have had. Imagine if Owen was still alive. Owen would have easily been in top of the the, the ratings of teams to being uh, with those guys, winning championships and everything like that. Because he, oh, yeah. he's basically. If you look at the guys that were there when he was doing his thing, they were all giants and heavyweights and all that yeah, stuff. Exactly. Like and the then, only person we could really have a match like that with is his brother. Yeah, and then and with and also with that being said, he won every main level title. And like when it became more of an athletic uh, federation and everything like that, where and then going more into the entertainment realm of things he would have fit in it would have been interesting to see it's the ultimate what if game because remember him having those uh ufc fights the dungeon fights with ken shamrock <laughs> and everything like that it, yeah it, those it, are it, funny yeah yeah those are really pre-ufc uh, explosion days um yeah, he had the he had the fake they had the octagon in there and then they had yeah. they also had a match with him and Shamrock in in Stu Hart's basement yeah. in the dungeon. <laughs> yeah, I, rem- I remember. I, re- I don't really remember the dungeon fight, but I do remember the SummerSlam uh, Lions then because it was at the, the it was one of the yeah. garden, and that was in the theater of at Madison Square Garden. So that was yeah. pretty cool. So it's it's just one of those things with Owen Hart. Like, what if it's the ultimate what if game? Because he had everything. He had the charisma. He had the storylines. He he was very he was very well rounded with everything a wrestler should be like a token WWE F slash WWE wrestler should be. He's definitely the prototype. Like if you want to go back and through the annals of time with WWE, he should be up in that list right there. He he wasn't the greatest wrestler. Well, he didn't get the push to become the greatest wrestler. He didn't get, the, he, he didn't get that chance, exactly, yeah. But if he did, he would have t- took it and ran with it. Because he's, oh, yeah. he's had those moments that just like, okay, wow. We, like, yeah, wow. He's had his wow moments that if Vince, if he was able to live longer, he would have definitely gotten his chance. Especially after the Montreal Screwjob. And everything like that, and like randomly throwing him in. That would have been the perfect opportunity. And the thing with that is, after that happened, they did set up a feud with him and Sean. But for some reason, I don't know if politics or whatever the case, 
It just didn't materialize. They all of a sudden had Owen feuding with Triple H, who at the time was not a big player himself. He was a medium player. He wasn't the game yet. He wasn't, yeah, he wasn't the game Triple yet. H that we know now. Yeah, I mean, he was back up to Shawn Michaels. And then it led to Shawn Michaels and Steve Austin. But that left Owen Hart on the mid-card still. And then that was the good thing about his and Austin's feud was so great as well. Granted, oh, yeah. it, it took him almost killing Stone Cold to make it, it like, what it was. But it was Owen, remember the T-shirt that he had? Owen, Owen 316 says, I just yeah. broke your neck. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> certain things that wouldn't fly in 2020 uh, WWE, but but <laughs> Owen, Owen was always, you always found Owen in the mix of things. He, he was that good middle card if you need him to perform towards the top of the show. You're going to get the good product. He might break your neck every now and then when he did his awful pile drivers, but I digress. And that's the thing. That was, that was, that was a rare mistake, too, because I yeah. usually doesn't, didn't usually make mistakes like Correct. that. Correct. You know, just like Brett, he was a perfectionist in that ring. And, and, and not for nothing, skill wise, if you want to look at skill wise, I thought Owen was better than Brett in ring because Owen could do the technical stuff but he can also do the the cruiserweight style like he yeah. can do the backflips he can he's very agile he, he could do it all you know i thought brett had the better character but once again like you said before they just didn't let owen's character come out because they always said what type of a prankster owen was and what yeah. why didn't they portray that into a gimmick let him be the guy that you know throws the banana peel in the ring kind of like what eddie garay was years later lying yeah. cheating and stealing Yes, he Why could have done something like that. Yeah, he could have easily. They could have easily had something with. That would have been a great. That would have been a great feud or a faction of Eddie with Owen Hart or Eddie versus Owen Hart. That that could have oh, been a good yeah. year's worth of, of storylining right there when those type of guys did show up and you could have had um Lance Lance Storm, maybe get a bigger push with Lance or. Can be Jericho, serious, they have a re, yeah, they'll have a like rebirth of a Canadian thing with Lance Storm and Jericho and all those type of uh, Canadian wrestlers. And the cra- and the funny thing is th- that group of guys that Jericho mentioned with Eddie and 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 they conveniently left out Chris Benoit, which which well, you yeah, know, obviously, yeah. It, it, even even though Dark Side of the Ring did make the first two episodes about Benoit, which I don't know why they would keep him out of the list. This ain't a WWE show, but um, you know. Like Jericho said, a lot of those guys came in. Now, they mentioned Edge and Christian, which is weird because Edge and Christian were already in the company and Edge did work with Owen a couple of times. If anything, when but Owen they, did pass they away... Still, they were still with the young. And they, they were young. They yeah. top yet. So I, I get what he was saying with that. Yeah. At, that at that time, they were the understudies of Gangrel and the Brood and that awful gimmick. Um... <laughs> Hey, um, man, you don't like vampires? <laughs> oh, it's not bad, but it, I don't know. It's like Buffy the Vampire Slayer type of stuff. <laughs> Dropping blood on you from when, when yeah. it gets dark? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't hate it, didn't love it. It was meh for me. I don't know. <laughs> the theme song was hot, though. I, I, oh, yeah, I, yeah, definitely, definitely. I used to give that theme song to every, like, create a character I had in, like, No Mercy or... Yeah, my, or, my cousin like, did the same. <laughs> yeah, my cousins did the same. 
Yeah, but tr- trickling in, if you can remember, what would be your favorite um, Owen Hart match or, or rivalry, if you could remember? Well, all right, I'll give you two, because I, I, I did mention it before. I, I would have to say the best match Owen's ever done was WrestleMania 10 against Brett. Yeah. Um, another match they they talked about, but obviously I didn't remember it or watch it, but I'll if I can go, if I find time to go back and watch it, was the... Um, Davy Boy Smith versus him for yes. the first time of uh, the European Championship. That was a great match. Yep. Um, that would be another one if you never saw it, like myself. But watching the the show the other night, like, all right, maybe I'll go back and watch it because obviously Davy Boy Smith was one of the great. Almost, I can I can firmly say this, and I don't know if you'll agree with me or not, but I could firmly say that Davy Boy Smith was one of the more underrated WWE slash yeah. WWF wrestlers of all time i i could i could Without firmly I, I could firmly say that and be confident with my reasonings with that would, would you agree that davy boy smith was definitely one of the more underrated wrestlers of all time Oh, without a doubt, and and I sing the praises of the british bulldog a lot him and his partner dynamite kid back in the 80s uh, were one of the probably better tag teams, if not one of the greatest tag teams ever, the British Bulldogs. And then Davey Boy went out on his own because Dynamite had his issues, and uh, he retired from wrestling like back in '91 or '92 because of you know drug problems and injuries and stuff like that, like a lot of wrestlers face. Um, but Davey Boy Smith, uh, with <laughs> power, speed, agility, it's just he had it all. Yeah, he you had know? the look, and he had he had everything. Yeah. Just in terms of WWE with a lot of guys who have accents, which is, you know, kind of shitty, but whatever the case, the guys who have accents like that, for some reason, don't get the main push. He's just like Owen. He never got the WWF title. Yeah, he, he never, got the push never, a little bit. Yeah, he got the push against HBK in the 97, 96 yeah. range, but they never really gave it to him and let him run with it where he could have really did some damage. Um. Feud-wise, obviously the Stone Cold feud because of him uh, breaking his neck in Summer. Uh, was it a SummerSlam? It was SummerSlam, yeah. And, yeah, and, and I, Jer- that was in Jersey, the right? Garden as well. Was that in Nassau or the Garden? I thought it was in I Jersey. It could. Was that in Jersey? It could have been. I know it was definitely it, it Tri-State area. Yeah, it was definitely in the Tri-State. I thought it was. I was either in the Garden or Jersey. I, th- I think it was at the. It was, I think it was Continental. Kind of, it could have been, yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Because mm-hmm. that was that's a fun. I remember that SummerSlam. That was Bret Hart versus Taker. SummerSlam '97. Yeah, that was Bret and Taker in the main event when they started slowly turning Shawn Michaels heel. He was the referee, and I think that's the one where Bret spit on Shawn. Shawn went to hit Bret with the chair. He hit Taker, and then he had to count Taker out yeah. for Bret to I remember, out for I the. The poster. That was a cool. That's- that was, was a dope. cool. That was a dope poster promo. I think it was called SummerSlam Heart and Soul or some crap like that with Taker yeah, and something like that. holding like uh like Bret Hart's logo in his like, hand. This is when like they. That. This is peak when they were starting to use Taker for the right like promotion of like yeah this it's not a goofy yeah, dead man kind better. of thing. Granted Taker was never goofy, but you know what I mean. Like they they like this thing, this is they, attitude. This which is the crazy did, part. Yeah, this was pre, um, what was it? 
what was the ministry? The pre, like right before the ministry taker. Yeah, it was before. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. This was like taker on steroids. This was, <laughs> this was like taker. They're like, not your like kitty taker. This was like yeah. starting. You're like, oh crap. This is this is legit type type taker. Yeah, and the, and the crazy thing is, this is the same time where, well, late, a little bit later, uh, that they introduced the Hell in the Cell, and then I think Taker and Sean had that casket match at the Rumble a couple of months later, and that's where Michaels broke his back, because Taker had dropped him over the rope, and Sean hit his lower back on the casket, and then that's when he decided, you know, I, I'm going to give this belt up to Austin at Mania and go away, and he went away for four years. I didn't expect uh-huh. him to be gone all that time but you know i digress on that but um but yeah man uh the austin feud was really really good and it culminated at survivor series 97 with uh well austin beating owen for the ic title which is the night of the montreal school job yeah uh so i would i would say that would be a good one and obviously the whole um angle of him the whole angle of him with brett leading up to yeah. WrestleMania 10. And then, like, it was funny how they threw him into the Nation of Domination. That was... <laughs> that's still that one of the things like, you'll never get, but it was fine. The whole I'm not a nugget, Owen Hart, and everything like that. And the who who was it? Which DX member dressed up like him? Was it was it? No, oh, it was, it was uh, Johnny Sensation, right? Johnson Sensation. Sensation. <laughs> I'm not a nugget. Listen, he did that really Woo! good. Though. I'm not a nugget. <laughs> I remember watching that segment. And you know, Owen being being a clown had to have been laughing his ass off in the oh, back yeah. looking at that. But <laughs> the one thing that me and my dad saw that clip maybe five million times, and the thing that always made us laugh was while they're in there, Shawn Michaels is on commentary with uh, Vince McMahon and I think Lawler, uh, Jim Ross. And um, <laughs> when Owen Hart comes out to confront them, you hear Michaels, oh, the drink is up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Every time we hear that, we just start bugging out laughing. I, and- I watched that clip again, like, because when you asked me to join, I was like, yeah, I gotta watch, I gotta find that clip, because I remember that clip. <laughs> I am not a nugget! High pitch. If anybody can smell what the rock is cooking, it's yeah. me. Look how big my damn nose is. He was like, yeah. <laughs> and I remember, and the Owen Hart tribute. The next night, when all the wrestlers would uh, say their piece and stuff like that, Mick Foley said when his kids were little at the time, Dewey and Noel, and they'll be in the car and just get chance of Nugget going because they didn't realize that that was like a derogatory term for yeah. the character, but they loved Owen Hart. So they thought it was like they were chanting something good toward Owen because Owen was like Dewey's favorite wrestler and, 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 you know, his kid's favorite wrestler. So, you know, um, then now. You know, leading into the documentary, which is just, you know, amazing the way these guys do this stuff. And they've done this was their season finale. Uh, they did a bunch of them. They did obviously two with Chris Benoit. They did one with Jimmy Snooker. Um, they did one about the the death, the assassination death of Dino Bravo, which was crazy. Um, they did one about Herb Abram, Herb Abrams. Uh, UWF owner um, and he was that was a train wreck um, then they did one with the Road Warriors and uh, then they finished it off with Owen Hart and um, it was cool to see the kids grown up you know I have not seen those kids 
you know, at all since they were babies on TV when Owen Hart would bring them into the ring sometimes. And I remember they did a pay-per-view called Canadian Stampede, where it was the whole Hart Foundation against Steve Austin, Goldust, the Road Warriors, and I think like Mark Merrow or some shit like that, or Ken Shamrock. And um, the Hart Hart family won. Owen cheated and pulled Stone Cold's tights and won the match. And all the the whole Hart family went in the ring. You know, Stu Hart, the, the, the father, all the kids, everybody went in there. And I probably haven't seen those kids since that. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> well, the sons, the sons our age, ballparking, his sons yeah. definitely their age. He has to be like 27, 28 years old, and the daughter's probably like 23, 22. You know, very successful kids, man. I mean, shit. I mean, yeah. what she said that Mark, the son Mark, is better. Yeah, Martha did a really good job, man. Like, Yes, I'll say that much, you know. I didn't know Martha was a doctor until this yeah, episode. Neither did I. Um, and, I was like, yeah, and, I it good, bro. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I really came back impressed on, like, because I, I didn't really, I there was a couple things I took away from it. Like, like I mentioned earlier, when I first topped on, I didn't watch the pay-per-view. So I was under the assumption that once that happened, the it was done. Mm-hmm. So I didn't realize after that happened, they kept the show going. Yeah. And yep. that, that to me was the biggest sign of bad, 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 bad marks of like, yeah. what, are you, what are you doing? Kind of thing. This is someone just died here and, and we, we need to figure out what happened. We're, the, some things are bigger than wrestling or entertainment. Sort of. And that's been kind of a debate. You can go on YouTube, bro, and just type in, you know, Owen Hart, you know, uh, people shooting, like shoot interviews about what happened that night. And the main topic on that is, should they have kept the show going? And some of the guys say no, hell no. And some of them say, yeah, like, uh, like uh, let's put it this way. Vince McMahon was in a tough spot that night. Oh, and, yes, I, of course. and I heard he left and went to see Owen in the hospital. I heard he left the, the arena. So whoever was in charge under Vince, whether that was, uh, Oh man, what's that? Kevin Dunn, who's the main producer, or whoever was in charge, or, or Shane, who was there, or whoever was in charge, got word, had to get word from Vince either to keep going or not, and they decided to keep going. A lot of wrestlers say Owen would have wanted the show to continue. Bret Hart was like, I would, I'm sure my brother would have not wanted that show to continue, you know. And of course, Martha, the way she described it in the, in the documentary, that, <clears throat> excuse me, that they just scraped my dead husband off the ground and left his blood on the ring and, and, and the ring was broken a little bit from his fall and they kept the guys wrestling. And I revisited that pay-per-view last night on the network. Okay. They They, still have it. They they still have it. I didn't realize they had it. Oh, it's on the network and it starts off with them showing, you know, rest in peace to Owen Hart. They show his picture, the, and they said, this is the, the event that tragically, that he lost his life tragically, blah, blah, blah. They don't have any of the Jim Ross announcing his death. They edited that out. They edited the whole promo with the blue blazer, you know, talking while it happened. It was almost like it didn't happen that night. 
unless you saw the beginning of of the WWE network edit. You know what I mean? Um, so they did a good job editing the whole damn thing out. Now I had the tape, and I probably still have it somewhere. Now it goes from the Owen Hart promo straight to Jim Ross. You know, saying uh, you know something terrible has happened. You know, this is not a part of the show. ENTs are in the ring. Uh, checking on the Blue Blazer, Owen Hart, blah, 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 blah. Then, you know, obviously they fast forward, boom, 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 to the actual announcement. And the thing that caught me, and I've heard Jim Ross say this before on interviews, but he said, oh, we don't have an update. What's the update? Oh, he died, and you're back on in 10, 9. I can't imagine being Jim Ross in that in that scenario. Yeah, yeah I... Holy yeah. shit. Yeah, no. <laughs> That whole thing is crazy. Like, you never realize how badly the WWE botched it. Or, like, you obviously, you knew, like, there's two sides to the story. And there's still two sides to the story. So, obviously, no one wants to see Owen Hart falling to his death, or anybody falling to his death, for that matter. But what was the need? There wasn't a need for him to fall down. Because the last yeah. time they did it, the last time they did it, it was... Terribly done. Not because of Owen Hart. It was just the scenario of circumstances. It wasn't crisp and clean. And yeah. and then no one wanting to going through with it. That was another big red flag of not practicing and making sure everything went smoothly the first time is also yeah. a big red flag. So yeah. like those should be mandatory things. Like I I should be mandatory things of hey i'm gonna about be flying into a ring and i could just crash to my death unfortunately yeah i'm gonna practice that thing 30 40 50 60 100 times before i know it's safe for me to go on or anything else like that factor and like yeah. the whole story of martha owen's family side of things was like just was very eerie on like them saying goodbye for the final time and take and when the son said, take care of uh, your mom and daughter, like, it was, like, very eerie, like, weird, like, I'm sure when it happened, it wasn't meant to, like, be anything serious, but, like, yeah, ended yeah. up being, like... Yeah, because if you're going away for a specific amount of time, and then, yeah. you know, you'll tell your, 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 your son, who's a little bit bigger, you know, oh, you know, as a joke, take care of your mom and your sister, you oh, know, yeah. until oh, I get yeah. I'm sure that's what what was meant, but if you remember, Jim Ross said he walked by Owen Hart in the locker room, and Owen just had a look on his face like yeah. he did not want to do this. He did not want to be there. You know what I mean? And all this was was to make fun of Sting. That's all yeah. this was. Yeah. Just to make fun of Sting. You know what I mean? It, it, it could have easily <laughs> been prevented, and and I and I agree with why Martha never wants Owen to be in the WWE Hall of Fame. I know it's 21 years, and obviously Vince and everybody else wants to celebrate his life. But if I was Martha, I would, I would, I would agree and understand why the way they handled it that night and post situation could have been done so much smoother and more respectfully. That yeah. I'm never gonna be part of this federation like i respect all the wrestlers and my family's big wrestling family but the wwe is basically dead to me and i i understand that and i i completely get 
get that. And the way they honor Owen in their found his their foundation is a hundred times more respectful and cooler than what it would be. Oh, a pity Hall of Fame induction. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And a while back, I was on the fence about it. Like, like you know, let, like let it would be cool, on. but I, I, I understand. I understand yeah. why. Yeah, and she did a she did a, a Jericho podcast. I think literally right before the Dark Side of the Ring came out, and um, and she was saying that you know, it's it's not even a Hall of Fame. It's not even a hallway of of fame. Yeah, like they exactly. don't have a building. There's nothing you could go to, and 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 see pictures and 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 a big statue and all this other stuff of my husband. Right. What are they gonna do? Just announce he's in a Hall of Fame and have a plaque? Big, big whoop. I could get that from somewhere else. And the thing is, she Owen Hart is in professional wrestling Hall of Fame and and other spots that have professional wrestling Hall of Fames because they showed her with a plaque with Owen's face on it and all that stuff. So Owen has been honored, and she has allowed other federations or other promotions to honor Owen Hart, but she just will not allow WWE to do it because even though WWE is what gave, you know, him the money to sustain having his family and all that stuff, it's also the company that took him away. You know what I mean? So I understand it more now than I did back a few years ago when I was kind of on the fence. Cause I was kind of like, all right, you know, let his memory, let, let the new fans know who he is and let the, you know, but I guess if new fans really want to find out who Owen Hart is and look him up, they can themselves, you know? So, you know, like you said, I get it. I understand it, you know, and, and for a lot of people who think the kids are going to get into it, the kids have as much hate for WWE as their mother, maybe even more. <laughs> oh yeah. I don't blame them. Don't blame them one bit. Because, you know, whenever Martha passes on, you know, hopefully she lives a long life, but once she passes on, I'm pretty sure Oge and Athena are not going to let WWE induct him either. So we're never, ever, as Chris Jericho would say back in the day, see Owen Hart in a WWE Hall of Fame. Um, the thing that, that that caught me was she still has the clip that, that, yeah. that messed yeah. up. I was yeah. like, oh, shit, she has the clip. Now, the thing with me is I pretty much have seen a bunch, and I have an Owen Hart documentary in the house that was made by Paul Jay, which is the guy that made Wrestling With Shadows, the Bret Hart documentary. He also made an Owen Hart documentary that came with my 10-year anniversary DVD of the Bret Hart documentary. That's the only reason I bought the documentary, because I had it on VHS, and then I had it on DVD also. But when I saw it came with an extra documentary of Owen Hart, I was like, I got to grab it. So this was technically a dark side of the ring for Owen maybe a decade earlier. You know what I mean? Made by the same guy. So... You know, I, there were things that I was like, ah, I'll look at it, but I pretty much know everything. And then I see stuff and I'm like, oh, but I didn't see that. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, shit. Like, wow. You know what I mean? And I didn't know McMahon sued her after she sued her. See, that, yeah. that's, that's messed up, man. Like, that's... she was like, oh, I sued Vince McMahon and the company uh, in Kansas City, but she sued me. In Connecticut, because he wanted the case in Connecticut, yeah. because in Connecticut, they don't give damages. Yeah. And I was like, wow. It's crazy. 
That is crazy. And I mean, you know, they settled and they got 18 mil out of it. But, you know, uh, if I were them, and I'm sure they feel the same way, they'll give all that money back to get Owen. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, that was crazy, man. So, uh, I mean, they 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 sh- they showed Owen in a good light. They showed it his ability. They showed his career, what he was able to do, and the unfortunate thing that took him away. Um, overall, your, your, your final, I guess, uh, final memories or, or opinions of, of the episode. I, I thought it was really well done. Um, it wasn't like, I know like a lot of the wrestling documentaries when it's not WWE based, they like to go at WWE. Um, it wasn't forced. Like, you know, a lot of like documentaries, like beyond the, behind the mat and all the other big wrestling docs. Like, yeah. They didn't go out of their way to bash WWE. Like, if there was a bad connotation of WWE, it was really legit WWE messing up with certain situations like that. So I thought it was in good taste of everything that went on. It was very informative, especially with me. Like, it's one of those things, like, I I, I didn't really want to go back to Owen Hart's death. Like, obviously, it was a sad thing, and, like, I, I wanted to keep it in the past kind of thing sort of thing i would i don't seek out until you told me about it and i watched yeah. it and i was very glad you told me to uh watch it because it it was very informative and and the way martha and the her their kids talked about it like you can tell the amount of homework and sweat and obviously tears that they went through to make sure this never happens again to anybody yeah you 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 feel you feel their passion into that piece and you you feel it and and i thought that was very well done and and picking jericho to do it um is probably one of the smarter ideas because he is arguably the most articulate articulate wrestler slash wrestling fan to be in the quote-unquote business like you know what i mean Jericho's very, very articulate. And if Jericho Jericho knows, and he has no problem if you listen to his podcast or just anything Jericho does, if Jericho is not behind something, he is not going to do it. And he is the first Mm -hmm. to admit it. He is, is without a doubt, if he doesn't like what he sees, he's going to open his mouth. And if you like it, great if you don't like him he doesn't give a shit yeah that's what makes jericho great and to see jericho and um jim Cornette and jim ross and other guys yes they chose a really good group they really yeah like you know this they did their homework for this special and they hit it out of the park because you know they went through over it like jim Cornette was like busting out in tears now just thinking about it jim ross said it was probably the worst day of his life and he didn't even mention his wife passing he said this day was probably the worst day of his life and 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 bino brown was about to was about to break out into tears the godfather charles wright was like oh man like they wheeled him right past me and he yeah. was blue like, like i don't even want to think about the image anymore like dilo brown was like i can't even see that i don't want to see that in my head anymore you know yeah i mean so it was probably like the other documentaries history. 
yeah, like in other documentaries, like you get a couple of wrestlers, but you know this guy has a different motive, an interior motive or like whatever. Like you know this is a a schmear campaign type of thing. Like this was thoughtfully placed out and everything else. And yeah, it's obviously a sad story and the WWE, no matter what is side of the story, they're going to be put in a negative light, but you can stay deserve to be in that negative light. Like, yeah, you know I mean? like, like, and they deserve to be in that negative light because they have never come out and just tried to defend themselves. Yeah, Vince yeah. McMahon did those press conferences back then and, you know, had to go back and forth with news reporters and stuff and was like, oh, you know, starting, starting an argument just to back off of you know trying to say what really happened here you know what i mean and if vince mcmahon one day just comes out and says listen we loved owen you know we, we you know we didn't want this to happen to him and 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 they did the tribute show the next night on raw and it was and it was a great show it was very emotional jeff Jarrett was bawling his eyes out mark henry was bawling his eyes out all the guys out there were, were everybody loved owen you know what i mean the the locker room the crowd everybody loved owen you know, this was different. This wasn't a drug overdose. This wasn't a guy who was on steroids. This wasn't a this was a regular guy who wanted to make enough money in the industry just to be with his family. Regular dude. Yeah, I mean, he's not a train wreck like a lot of other wrestlers who have died before. You know? And and it's unfortunate. It shouldn't have happened. It was unnecessary. You know, yeah. but Obviously, I guess as shitty as it is, it, I guess it was. About it, I, guess sucks it, about it, it. I guess I don't know. And what sucks the most about it is he died as the blue blazer. Yeah. Like, like, like <laughs> you, like you really needed Owen Hart to dress up as the blue blazer and mock on on like a not as spectacular pay per view and fly down and. I know we're playing the what if game right now, but it's just one of those damn man. Like, yeah, if he was just Owen Hart, he wouldn't have had to do that stunt. And, and, and like, but... it never, and it never really hit me until Jericho, Jericho said it at the end of like, he is the one of the ultimate what if stories of, like we mentioned earlier, like he yeah. has to be ultimate what if story because of just what group of wrestlers came after his death and it's just like yeah. he, and he was, was 34 years old people yeah. forget he yeah. wasn't 40 something yeah i mean look at guys right now in wwe look at aj styles he's in his 40s he's freaking tremendous look at a lot of guys who are wrestling now they're in their late 30s early 40s you got people in nxt who are hitting 40 okay yeah. and doing good shit imagine owen hart at 34 or 35 years old going up against uh, uh eddie guerrero who was 28 at the time or or benoit who was 30 something years old at the time or or jericho or a lot of those guys coming in you know dean malenko perry saturn that whole group yeah. that left wcw to come to wwe he would have had amazing matches with those guys and like jericho said his career would have had a resurgence because at the time obviously it was dipping because he didn't want to do a lot of the racy storylines that they were doing in the attitude era he didn't want to look bad in front of his family so he was saying no to a lot of stuff and when it came time to ask him to do this stunt and it said in my documentary that i have of him he was you know, he felt that they were getting sick and tired of him saying no. Yeah. So if he said no, if he said he, no to this, he'll probably get fired or, or disciplined or whatever. So he ended up doing it. 
he would have without a doubt been a key contributor to the ruthless aggression error. Without a doubt. Oh yeah. Can you imagine Owen Hart against a young John Cena? <laughs> yeah, him and John Cena or even Kurt Angle days. I know Randy Orton. Randy Orton, Brock, I know it wouldn't really last long, but he would have made a good match. He would have carried Brock into making him look great of him just throwing him around yeah. like a ragdoll. Like those kind of things. Like yeah. a lot yeah. of it, and all those family members went to WCW, let him go too. Mm-hmm. They threw all that money at him just to keep him, but he wanted to go with his brother. And Brett was the one, I think, that told him, yo, if they're giving you all that money, stay there and make your money, man. Yeah, you know, sure. Don't sure. come to WCW. What are they going to do with you here? Look at what they're doing with me. Nothing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? All that hype to bring Brett to WCW. We really need to one day have a WCW um, podcast of like how they blundered WCW. Like, oh, yeah. I'm down for sure. It, it's really amazing how that product just went to With shit. All those guys. All that money and all those guys. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's actually amazing on how it's exactly how you not run a business. <laughs> it's almost like wow like it's amazing that that was able to happen multi you have a billion dollar wallet with ted turner you bring in all these names but the thing is you let them do whatever they want the the inmates ran the asylum they drove it to the ground you know but but like you said that's a that's another show for another day and a, a good show for another day we could definitely get into the death of wcw at some point um but yeah, man, uh, just like you said, this was a very, very well done documentary. And if anything, it makes Owen Hart look tremendous. It doesn't do his name wrong in any way. Uh, it makes Martha look really good on her side. She did a very good job with the kids. Um, and I, I guess I was mistaken. I thought she remarried. I guess she didn't because I would assume they would they would have showed like her new husband. But I don't think I thought she got remarried a little while ago. But oh, I, I, I wouldn't know. I guess I'm mistaken. I was mistaken. <laughs> they didn't show that dude one time. <laughs> but I guess it'll be kind of—I don't know if in poor taste or weird yeah, to show. Yeah, they, they weren't gonna show him. It's not about yeah. him. So. No, 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 not at all. Um, but yeah, like I said, man, uh, it was a very—it was very well done. And um, you know, you gotta—you gotta give it up to Martha and, and the kids for sticking to their guns. The kids look just like them. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah it's crazy. <laughs> It's like the, the Chris Benoit episode. Benoit's son looks just like him. It's crazy. Right. And and we had, and we had a discussion because I think Benoit's son wanted to be a wrestler for a while, but it just I mean, how would how would that work? Like they they, you know. Right. I mean, I had a discussion with Izzy and and somebody else on a previous show. One of my other boys. How would you book a David Benoit? Like, like, and, yeah. and one of my was like, you put him in a mask, <laughs> put him in a mask and rename him. You know what I mean? Yeah, me. that would have to be a rename, even though everybody knows, and you got to be very delicate and with certain yeah. storylines. And if you I don't think... want to be delicate, you're gonna be prepared for a backlash because it's a murder suicide. Yeah. And, I think, and I think, and he was on the side of him just, just like, just accepting it. Like, listen. I'm not my father. 
I, I am David Benoit. I am not him. I'm looking to create my own niche. That I'm looking would to have to be the only way that would succeed because yeah. that would that would be the only way because if he one ounce of everything because you know the condensation of the whole story and it's just not a not a good one obviously um, yeah it's it's sad it's like ultimately the sad of the sad like, like yeah i'd say besides owen hart dying the whole chris benoit thing was probably 1a 1b the darkest time in wwe history without a doubt Without a doubt, because there have been some crazy wrestling stories outside of WWE, like the death of Bruiser Brody in Puerto Rico, where they literally he, the dude gets stabbed up and killed in the in the shower in the locker room, and and they carry him out and they continue on with the show, mm-hmm. and the and the Puerto Rican that did it is still alive and free to this day. Um, then you know other things that have transpired, and but yeah, losing Owen Hart, especially like we said before, it could have been avoided. You know, it's just probably the saddest thing to happen in pro wrestling. So, yeah, man. Yo, dude, I appreciate you for coming on here. No um, problem. You're going to yeah, have man. a couple – you're going to hopefully have a couple of hours worth of this pod. It was a very good doc, and uh, thank hey, you for having me on. I, dude, like I said, I was just going to do a regular old show, but I was like – something in me was like, oh, just do something a little bit special. Do something – you know, even if it's a three, four-hour freaking thing, I, I – like I just felt I needed to do it, you know what I mean? Oh, so for sure, for sure. Um, yeah. In a couple of weeks, um, when the Taker thing's over as well, we should definitely do a recap on the Taker. Yeah, because that, that, that documentary is looking really good too. You know? Yeah, and, and, you, know, you know me, I like I love to shit on Taker every year, every year at Mania, but like I respect him more now watching the stock. But yeah. Shit's done. Yeah, yeah. The last, the last stand. I mean, the last ride. I'm thinking of Jordan. What was yeah, the last? Yeah. We we were very fortunate during this uh, <laughs> pandemic of awesome documentaries of guys oh, we watched that much growing up. Hell yeah! And I was I told Izzy as well because you know he's he's a big basketball you know he's a basketball aficionado. So I was telling him I was like we got to do a, a cast on the last dance and he was already like I'm down let's go so. You know, the Jordan thing is done, so I'll probably hopefully we can do that soon. And oh, then when sure. the Taker thing is uh, when the Taker thing is over, I'll I'll give you a ring, brother. <laughs> yeah, so I'm uh, that I once again I want to thank Dan for coming on. I'm gonna have hopefully uh my plan is to have some more guests come on and give more, you know, memories and stories of Owen Hart. So, you know, rest in peace to Owen, continue to rest in peace. And uh, condolences to this day to the Martha Hart and the kids. And, uh, you know, once again, I'm going to have another guest come on. So, Dan, once again, brother, thank you for coming on. We'll talk soon. Well, enough is enough, and it's time for a change.